Quick little update to the pod here, Jeff Cameron's show, or what would normally be a Redemption Thursday edition of the show, which was put on hold today to some degree hiatus because, uh, man, I'm all hopped up on goofballs, everybody. I need another day here to get it right so that we can be in studio tomorrow and out and about Corner Pocket Bar and Grill on Friday afternoon for happy hour. Hopefully I'll feel up to that. And then, of course, we got the big weekend game Saturday to cover against Duke. And I'm really looking forward to that game. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that game. Uh, I just respect um, this Duke defense in terms of their discipline and, and, and their buy-in. So it'll be interesting to see how Mike decides to attack it. Uh, you know, a day removed from you and I talking, Tom, uh, I, I did some more thinking about it and more looking at Duke. I really do think that Florida State needs to spread them out and throw it. Well, I think, yeah, spreading them out to – offer easier lanes to run and easier opportunities yeah. to run. Like yeah. I, I think that's part of it too. The more I watch, and, and I did it again ahead of an article that's being released today, the Notre Dame-Duke game, God bless. Notre Dame played awfully in, in terms of they weren't smart. Uh, so many drives were short-circuited because of penalties. Hartman didn't play that well. Um, you know, It's not that Duke's defense isn't good in causing those issues. You're but right. There, if, if Florida State plays, let's say the first quarter against Virginia Tech, let's say we play up to that level, we come out the gate, I don't know that it's going to be 22 nothing at the break, but I think we can put it on them a little bit early. It's it, it, Again, it's not to say that Duke isn't good or they're not well coached or smart or certainly quick up front on the defensive line. I just think there's an opportunity here for Florida State to bully a little bit, and maybe this is the type of game where you see that when you have players, as Florida State does, that you can impose your will a little bit on a, on a team that is not as athletically gifted but very well coached. But if you play stupid and, and if you're not successful on first down and you're in third and sevens or plus, you know, then you're going to be punting a lot on Saturday. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Well, the Franklin kid for them stands out to me. And I know, I think Alex mentioned him this week, didn't he? Um, I think the Franklin kid is a good player. Uh, I think that the, the other part of what Duke does, people have talked about, Elko and, and the buy-in, well, obviously they went from, what, three wins a couple of years ago to, to nine wins last year to where they are now. Mm-hmm. But a big part of that is that they are also really experienced. They yeah. have a ton of older players on defense, and in particular the defensive line. So you have, I think, a redshirt senior or two. Eight, eight starters are seniors, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they have a ton of redshirt seniors and seniors on that defense, and those guys have played in big games. They've played in you know these kinds of games where they understand the discipline and the focus it takes to be in a game. And I think he's got those guys that he can fall back on. You'll you'll just I've said this a lot this week. Florida State's really going to have to earn it. It's not that they won't go out and earn it. It's just that they're going to have to do it. They're not going to get away with athleticism and just kind of running around. You got to run offense. No, correct. It, you bully ball with athletes versus, you know, again, just going out there and, and trusting that you can outdo them, you know, if the process is incorrect. Um, I, I'm fascinated to see, you know, this is another opportunity to show whether or not that we want to stick with the run game schemed up like we did last year or if we want to be a little bit more straight ahead. I mean, this this begs for a straight-ahead rushing attack. Uh, yeah. Also, Duke has not seen a running quarterback like Jordan on the schedule. You're pointing at you know, pinch points where you need Jordan to run the football. This is one of them. This is one of them. The next, two, the next two weeks, you don't. 
So I think if you're gonna if you scheme things up and you said, all right, wait till we break this out, you know, this Jordan run that we've been saving for weeks, now is the time. Like, so I just this sets up very very well for Florida State and where it fits on the schedule. This is what we went back to when the ACC released the sequence of one through twelve for Florida State and where we where we were gonna be. It's in great shape for FSU. This is the third consecutive home game. You're well-rested. There was a bye before that. For Duke, this is a tough spot with an injured quarterback. You know, the, the spot of where this game occurs is fantastic for Florida State. When Duke hosted Notre Dame, it was the antithesis of that for Notre Dame. What a terrible spot to be in. you got to get up emotionally again, go on the road after a knockdown dragout with Ohio State. This is uh, the opposite. Duke is now on the other side of that equation for this weekend. Uh, totally agree with that. I think that is absolutely correct that uh, Florida State's in a better spot than Duke is in. There's no question about that. And and for that reason, and I guess that would bring me to it, uh, my Redemption Thursday picks, Tom, I led with Florida State, mm. and that number has ticked down to 14 and a half. Yeah. I don't know if that tick down has to do with maybe a belief somehow that Riley Leonard is going to play. I don't think that's the reason it ticked down by a half point or a full point. Certainly Elko is attempting to present a case for him to play. I don't see it. And I think it would be done for them to play him if he can't run. If he can't run, run. Like run like he knows how to run. If he can't do that, it would be dumb to play him. They still have things to play for. Don't do that. Yeah, agreed. I would also say, though, you know, even if he did, and even if he was at full speed, advantage Florida State defense here. It's not like Duke's going to come in and drop 35 on you, you know, magically no, 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 no. if he was healthy. So it's just the definition of what he offers. He brings competence to the offense where there's inexperience and a variable. Like they could be maybe in some ways a little bit more tricky this weekend if a backup is in. And maybe that affords them the opportunity to hit a couple of splash plays and get down the field. But it's not like Riley Leonard turns Duke from a 13-point proposition that Florida State is going to face to a 31-point. He's not that valuable as a player good player good for this uh this atmosphere to have a veteran presence if you could have it but I just I like Florida State's defense and where it's going here we've stopped the likes of Jaden Daniels you know and, and we shut his ass down in a way that nobody has before it's not like this quarterback is anything that we haven't seen before even if he was 100% ready to go for this game that said, the uh, Henry Belin kid is what I think is is who's going to play. Yeah, Belin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Belin. Um, and one thing I will say about him, and he's very inexperienced, obviously, uh, he's got arm strength. Uh, there's yep. no doubt about that. He can, he can, he's probably got a better arm, frankly. Well, I don't know about accurate, but it's a better arm. Yeah, you got to play it honest. I mean, from what I could see, they knew that NC State game was not going to be much of a challenge. Uh, he threw a terrible, uh, terrible ball early on for an interception where he was blitzed and overwhelmed yeah. by the moment. But, I mean, like, you get it. It's that first start. Uh, but it's basic zone read stuff. I mean, it's basic read option stuff with him. They, they, there were no wrinkles. Maybe they have a couple of more for his second game versus his first game. So, yeah, it, it's a bit of an unknown with, with what comes into town, but it's not like he runs a four three forty either. He's he's a no cap- no. He's the opposite. Actually, he he's not a great runner. I don't think he's the guy that they want to run around. I I actually that's the difference. I think the biggest difference between the two players is that Riley Leonard will run and hurt you as a runner if if he runs and he's healthy. I maybe this guy does, but I don't see that at all. He's not a game changing athlete. He's got yeah. a bigger arm though. I mean, yeah. and it's not again. I'm not telling you he's a great player. Florida State's defense is weird. We've made a couple of quarterbacks look really good. 
better than they have on average. Yep. <laughs> and yet we did what we did to Jaden Daniels. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, we are certainly trending, however, in the right direction. Yeah, exactly. That, look, the Castellanos example is is ridiculous. It should never. I'm still happen. mad about it, Tom, because yeah. there have been plenty of defenses that have faced Castellanos in BC since, and they have never. None of them have had problems. And that's fair, but we have gotten far enough away from it, I think, and we have looked differently in terms of the way we attack quarterbacks. Every week we play a freaking running quarterback, and this yes, is this do. would be another one, one way or the other. Again, this is not a run first guy, but they're no. gonna, they're going to read option you to death. So you've got to honor it, and you've got to be honest on the back end. You can't cheat, or else they'll pop one over your head like they did to NC State. Like all of those things, we get that. But I think we've handled the mobile quarterback a hell of a lot better the last couple of weeks, and I think that's it's worth noting. It would appear we have learned our lesson. And this is also, again, a spot that's not like a nooner at BC where maybe that film doesn't inspire you. Duke's going to have our full attention. Who else is going to have our attention in this five-game sequence? It's got to be Duke. Duke will have our attention. And again, I think that they can muddle the game a little bit and make it kind of ugly for a while. And that's the best they can hope for. You know, they would want to do that in order to perhaps create a couple of turnovers if they're able to do that. The recipe for them to try to beat Florida State is the Clemson game. Mm-hmm. is to, to be great in the red zone and create a couple of big turnovers. And now maybe you got something in the fourth quarter. You just want to get a game into the fourth quarter if you're Duke yeah. uh, and, and, and put game pressure. All the pressure would shift to Florida State in this game if all of a sudden we were late in the third and this is a one-score game or it's tied or something like that. Sure. Well, yeah, the red zone, that's where you could say, okay, uh, what we did last week, that's not a sign of things to come, correct? That's, yeah, that, wasn't that, good. wasn't good, yeah. That's just about Syracuse and being emotional and maybe trying to get cute a little bit, you know, because, again, I think Duke is, is susceptible to quick hitters. You know, it, it, they remind me, in a sense, of when you look at the difference between uh, long developing runs and exotic runs or whatever you want to call them is the Buccaneers front, you know, in the Tampa two days. What was the only thing that you could do if you were trying to run at Tampa Bay? You have a bruiser and you go straight ahead. Straight at him. The longer it takes, the, if you're trying to create angles and do all this crap, the D-line was going to eat and feast and you had no chance. But if you had a Steven Davis... If you had a TJ Duckett instead of a Warwick Dunn or Deshaun Foster, you ran that guy right up the middle. And what I I've got, seen, go ahead. I got nightmares thinking about Stephen Davis. Good lord, he and did some horrible things to Rondé Barber. He did, and well, everybody really on that defense. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. the thing. This is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers vintage front four. I'm just saying that when you're, if you're looking for a clear analogy, run right at him. I'd love to see that this weekend. They've been doing more of it leading up to the Duke game anyway, uh, but this is another time where if you're Trey Benson and your coach Yak or your Atkins or Norvell, you say, no dancing, dude. Just pick something and go. Pick go something right and go. All right, with that, I don't know if you've got any fancy music you want to lay over this later on or anything like that, but I want to give our friends, uh, of course – at Metro Deli, all the love that they deserve. Big hugs to Metro Deli. Their food is awesome, and uh, they always sponsor the segment with Redemption Thursday wagers. So I'm about to rattle th- rattle through them. Uh, it, it, get this out there because we make my picks every week on Thursday. I'll have more for you tomorrow, by the way. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten on player props this year. I had wow. to up last week, Tom. Yet. You know, the Thielen prop was over 52 yards. Well, he cruised past that <laughs> yeah. with over 100. And somebody else hipped me to something that I somehow overlooked. A guy took my bet and said, thank you, uh, ATM Cameron, for this player prop. But I, he said, I knew that if 
Thielen was going to go over 50 yards, and he goes, and I thought he would, just like you, that I would also take the over on the total of receptions because he'd have to get targets. Well, he nailed that, and I should have added that to my bet. Last week, they were only over-under for Thielen was five. He had mm. 10. Mm. So that's an easy cover all the way around. So I have some player props for you tomorrow. It's easier to do player props on a Friday yep. than on a Thursday. I do a little bit better with those. Well, and we'll throw the visual up tomorrow as well. So I've got stock music in this machine. We both have that's a... Kind of funny. Uh, I've never heard it. Let's hear the cast- stock music. All right, let's hear what this sounds like. What do we have? Can you hear that? Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll scrap sort of it. 80s thing. We'll just we'll just go uh we'll go raw. <laughs> Dry? That's right. Memphis minus 14 and a half against I mean Florida State minus 14 and a half against Duke. I laid it. Memphis minus six and a half against UAB. Tom, I'm looking at my picks on my email that I sent to you. So if at any point there needs to be a siren, you just go yeah, Memphis is close. Memphis is, it's been on the radar long enough. I, I, I picked a bunch of Memphis games this year. Yeah, They've been fun. Yeah. Um, also, your siren would sound far less sickly than my siren just did right there. <laughs> my siren sounded like a wounded cat in an alley. That was awful. It did. Uh, it did. Yeah. Arkansas minus six and a half against Mississippi State. You can woo pig suey that baby. I'll lay the Woo pig suey. You made me laugh. You always enjoy that. <laughs> I do. Alabama minus nine against Tennessee. The the misnomer about Tennessee is because they threw it so much last year with Hinden Hooker. Everybody thinks they do that now. They don't. They want to run the ball. And you're not going to run the ball against Alabama with an average quarterback that they don't have to respect. So I'll lay the nine. I think Alabama wins and wins comfortably. I'll take Illinois over Wisconsin. That Wisconsin offense is dreadful. The one thing Illinois does is play defense. I'll t- I'm getting points, plus two and a half. I'll do it. I almost money line that one. Mm. Penn State versus Ohio State. I'm going under 45 and a half here. I think both defenses play well. Mm. Neither offense is all that dynamic. I like the under, the 45 and a half there. Uh, SMU minus 20 and a half against Temple. I've had a good feel for SMU this year. I've also bet against Temple several times this year, so – this is this just really met all of the criteria. North Carolina will kill Virginia. This is a Virginia team that has nothing going for it. And I feel bad about Virginia. Obviously, they've dealt with all kinds of tragedy, but they've also had injury. They're just that is a rudderless program and it happens so fast. Yeah. Tom, I there's whispers out of Charlottesville, and I'm a little bit tuned into this just because I've got a nephew that graduated UVA law and still cares about Virginia. He was telling me. And his people over there think that the coach and the athletic director may get fired. It's, well, it uh, it looks yeah. beyond repair at present. Uh, the only oh. way that, that you're on Virginia's side of this is you think that North Carolina is going to take a nap after beating Miami. Yeah, I don't I, I don't think they will. I think they'll accidentally, with a first-round quarterback, kill this Virginia team and a, and a kid who's out to get his numbers uh, in mm-hmm. Tez Walker. So I'll lay the 23-and-a-half. Boston College plus four and a half against Georgia Tech. This is on principle, man. Um, Georgia Tech should never be favored by four and a half over any team in football. I don't care who they're playing. They could be playing, uh, you know, Alcorn State. I would not take Georgia Tech minus four and a half. So I sure as hell won't take them against Boston College. I I, I don't know who wins the game. They're both terrible. Uh, 16, 13, somebody. I'll take those four and a half points and, uh, and, and roll with it there for Boston College. And then from there, uh, I finally did Miami of Ohio versus Toledo. Went money line here with Miami of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
won with them earlier this year. I think they're going to beat Toledo straight up. They're catching points. They're catching two. But I took money line at plus 110, so we're going Miami of Ohio. It would be a garbled mess if I tried to do this while you were talking. But And the radio station, it wouldn't be. But There you go. I knew that was coming. There you go. I knew you'd have to do that one because, you know, it's Miami of Ohio. But Miami of, uh, of Ohio has hit for me this year. So we, we've got them in there again. Those are 10. I'll probably have seven or eight more tomorrow. Woo. Some are player props. Some might be totals. Some might be quarter. You know, I had a unique bet a week ago that I won um, with a mutual friend of ours. I took, uh, I, I'm, I'm aware of a little bit of streak here, guys. Uh, if you didn't know, the Baltimore Ravens, you can take them first half or first quarter. But first quarter, the Ravens, I think, have led after the first quarter something like five of the last six games. And, and you usually can get quarter odds at either 0.5 or, or pick them. Mm. So this speaks to Harbaugh being prepared. The Ravens always come out and are prepared. They may not win, but they're prepared. And they get off to good starts. So they'll lead the first quarter three to nothing, seven to three, six to three, and you're only giving up a half a point. Okay, so we've gotten it down to the first quarter lines. I can't wait for eighth lines, you know. Can we get to the seven-and-a-half-minute mark line for Vegas yeah. and say, you yeah. know, here you go, a minus yeah. 115, and then who do you like? It. Yeah, first drive. how about first drive of the game? Actually, that's what that is, basically first drive of the game props. You know, is it a touchdown? Because with Gruden back in the day, you could, you could ink it. First drive of the game, touchdown. With a yeah. John, not Jay, of course, uh, you probably would go in those days twelve and four with the first touchdown. With touchdown, first drive of the game. So the Ravens, the key is doing what you just said, which is be consistent. Like just take them every week in the first quarter, and you'll come out on top. Generally yep. speaking, and yep. that does speak to competence of the head coach. I will say that, and he is a really good head coach. So he is the. The better of the Harbaugh's, me thinks. But uh, anyhow, all right, that's it for me. I wanted to get that out there to you guys. I am going to go try to lay down. We'll see if this medicine will let me sleep. But I'm going to give it a go tomorrow. We'll have a full show for you one way or the other tomorrow, whether that's in studio or from the house. There will be a full show. I just needed much of this day to kind of chill the hell out. So thanks, Tom, for doing it. And yep. uh, I will tell you, I think later tonight I'm going to be on On3 with Andy Staples um, on their national video there for people who are interested. I don't know when that's going to run, but I recorded that this morning with him. And it was a good conversation about the ACC and about Florida State and about the big picture uh, college football. So it was fun. Yeah, we're loaded up. We've got a live wake-up war chant tonight. Coach Speak. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, Coach Speak did that with the boys this morning. Yeah. That gets released around 7, and then the war chant report comes out today on the channel as well. So there's, uh, there's a crap ton of stuff coming, and we just uh, obviously released the X's and O's thing last night, which has done well so far. I saw you retweeted it. I guess you watched it then. Uh, I did. I, I always like the X's and O's stuff that you guys do. Hey, really quickly, just you and me talking here, uh, what'd you take? What was the, what was the pick? Uh, 31, 10, 31, 10. We're so close. I had 34, 14. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be more, it could be a 40 burger, but we'll see. We'll see. 31, 10 feels. Yeah. It's respect. Yeah. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Thanks Tom. Bye.